Afternoon from the Champions League. Welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Rafe. A great day, um, and great to be joined by uh, Ross Gregory this Tuesday afternoon. How are you, Ross? I'm good, thanks, Steve. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm. A, I think I'm like most most Newcastle fans and followers. I'm, I'm, I'm still a little bit delirious after last night. Still a little bit on a high, buzzing after the um, after getting that vital point. So, all good today. Yeah, amazing stuff, and uh, we'll be reflecting next week on uh, a season gone by. Obviously, we've got one more game to play, but uh, we'll be doing a season review with Ross next week, uh, just looking back on the games, the goals, uh, finding out who Ross's player of the year is, etc. So, uh, looking forward to that. But uh, just looking back on last night's game first, Ross, uh, Leicester had something to play for. Uh, they've given themselves a, a chance of potentially getting out of relegation um, on the final day of the season. It's going to be a shootout between them, Leeds and Everton. Uh, for that final uh, final couple of spaces. But um, overall, what did you make of the game last night? Yeah, I thought it was a really... <laughs> it was a strange game. It was, you know, there was only one team out there trying to win it. Um, and that was Newcastle. Very much, you know, kind of front foot and, and positive. Leicester had come with a with a kind of firm game plan in mind. Um, putting... 9, 10, 11 men behind the ball, went went to a back five, switched from a back four to a, to a back five, dropped two of their most creative players in, in, in Madison and Harvey Barnes, who Newcastle fans are, are well aware of after after recent links. So it was it was really clear from the outset what their what their intentions were. Um it meant that Newcastle had had a lot more of the ball than what they what they, they probably expected, and certainly what they've had in the majority of games this season. And it became almost like a, a a defence versus attack type of, of game. Um and I thought Newcastle had to be patient, had to had to be um just had to had to be aware of the type of game that it that it was and that it wasn't one necessarily to go a hundred mile an hour into and leave gaps where they could get hit on the break. They just had to be had to be patient keep working the ball out wide. And it just did just seem like like the first goal would, would come any any second, any minute. Um it didn't, and the longer the game went on, it got a little bit more tense and a little bit more nervy. Um, a few missed chances. Newcastle still completely in control. You know, Leicester having very, very few touches in the final third, very few touches in the in Newcastle's box. And then, but while it's at that nils each, while while it's on that kind of little bit of a knife edge, anything can happen in football. And we saw right at the end there that, that it almost it was almost a, a, a disastrous night. It was almost a, a, a freak result after the after the way that the 93 minutes had gone prior to that. But look, it doesn't matter how you get over the line as long as you, you do. You know, Leicester are a really good example of a team who's got into a, into a strong position in terms of fighting for the Champions League and haven't been able to stumble over that line of, 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 of kind of thrown it away in the last two, three games. Um, and Newcastle had to just be aware of that, uh, that it wasn't, that that kind of fate wasn't going to reflect them as well. So just to get over the line with, with a... a what, Ultimately, it was a bit of, in the end, a bit of a scrappy nil-nil. It doesn't matter. Nobody, nobody cares as long as, um, as long as that point was gained. Champions League football next season, and 
the celebrations at the end um, were fantastic to see and something that will live long in the memory of, of everybody who was there, players, fans, supporters, coach and staff, um, all included. So, look, it, it, was a, it was a funny old night. Um, a lot of tension, a lot of nerves, but job done, ultimately. Uh, I said to Malcolm McDonald last night when we uh, did our post-match talk that um, the sign of a good goalkeeper is when you have to do nothing all game and then suddenly pull off a world-class save. And uh, I think that shows how good Nick Pope is, you know, you know, virtually redundant throughout the whole game, a very dominant performance by Newcastle, but they just couldn't break Leicester down. And then 92 minutes on the clock and Leicester turned defence into attack and almost grab it if it hadn't been for that wonderful save. Yeah, look, he's been he's been outstanding all season, and he's been a he's been a, a huge huge signing. Um, a lot of people were, were a little bit surprised, myself included, when when Newcastle went from in the summer because I didn't feel it was necessarily an area that that they absolutely needed to to strengthen. But he's 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 been he's been outstanding. He's he's um his shot stopping is is really is second to none. I think in 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 this league at the minute. Um, He's he's alert off his line. He's he's um, he's a calm and reassuring presence uh, for the back four. I think uh, in the main and and you know you're right. You, you know he's barely touched the ball all game, but uh, he was still on his toes. He was still alert um, and pulled off a, a really important save right at the end. And it was quite fitting in, in some ways as well. I thought because. You know, Newcastle at the start of the season, uh, the the first half of the season was built on uh, the success. I thought was built on a, a resolute defence, a really strong um, defensive mindset and performance and in, in, in rear guard actions. You know, with with Pope playing a, a key part in that, but uh, you know, the, the, a solid back four ahead of him as well. Um, over the last three or well, probably three months, you know, we, the, the clean sheets have dried up and the defensive performances. Haven't been as, as solid, and I've, and I've been as critical of, of, as anyone. You know that the, the the lack of clean sheets. I think that was you know before yesterday's game. It was it was one in seventeen. Now it's now it's two. But it was it was good just to see that that the they could keep that clean sheet and you know the the defensive resolve that it that it shone through at the start of the season came back to the ball when Newcastle needed it the most last night. Yeah, fantastic save. And um, yeah, he's had a great season. Really, really good season. Um, Mag debates as Leicester deserve to be relegated after that performance. Mix has great first half, but a little frustrating second. Thank God Pope hadn't fallen asleep. How are the lads into Europe? We shall go again. And uh, Andrew says, uh, all right, lads and chatters, can he good feeling today? Now it's sunken in. However, Leicester were toilet. Uh, it wasn't a football and spectacle, says Roger, but the result sure as hell was. Uh, and BT says should have had three points to ensure third spot at the end of the season. Magda Bates says Leicester was shocking. And uh, Doug's says great atmosphere last night in the Gallagher. I've never seen such a one-sided game. Chip S says he can't stop listening to the Champions League. And uh, Steve Pargas says good afternoon from the Champions League. Incredible achievement. Mega proud of everyone involved. And war flags last night was amazing. Have you ever seen a flag display as good as that, Ross? No, I think it's. I think they've taken the, the, the constantly surprise you and, and take it on to a new level. And, and you know, you read some of the comments on on social media last night and this morning, and, and you know, even people who um, who support different clubs and and or, or follow different clubs, 
recognise how how special and how how um, how amazing that was last night. Look, the the it, it all creates the atmosphere. It all it all um, it all plays into the success. I think that Newcastle have had this season. It, you know, the, the organisers of of war flags and the um, and the supporters who, who who buy into it. I think have, have played their part this season. Certainly, so you're always looking to think how can they top this? How can they keep topping it? How can they keep improving it? Um, but going into the Champions League, having a, that kind of atmosphere, that kind of display, that sort of um, that sort of, of atmosphere on the on the biggest stage of all, it's going to be it's going to be great for the city, great for the club, and it, it's it's getting noticed far and wide now, not just within there, not just within the Tyneside um, area. It's it, you know, war flags are, are, are kind of internationally recognised now. Yeah, they are being absolutely fantastic. Uh, Bry, uh, good afternoon. Says uh, we had to try and start to play around and through Leicester last night. Is every ball we seem to put in? Um, uh, no, his, his message is gone. Where's the rest of that message? No, we had to try play uh, through and around Leicester last night. As every ball we seem to put into their box was dealt with by by the size of their centre halves. Yeah, I mean, look, they came and set up. Uh, they came to get a point and, and try and catch it and, and try and catch us on the counter. Uh, Bright, to be honest, uh, flat, you know they played a back five. They were very well disciplined. Credit to Dean Smith for what he what he managed to get out of his team last night. Uh, and as I said uh, at the top of the program, he's given himself a fighting chance in the the last day of the season. It's going to be tough, of course, but um, they're still in the mix. Mark Todd says Longstaff would be amazing if he could score. He gets into some fantastic positions, but never puts it away. He's put it away a couple of times this season, Mark, but he does need to improve that side of his game. To, in, in fairness to him, there was a, a really, really good save by their goalkeeper um, in the one chance that he did get through last night. But um, there was times where we looked as if we were trying to walk the ball into the net, but ultimately it was down to Leicester's well-disciplined defence. They did very, very well last night, Leicester, um, but it didn't stop us qualifying for the Champions League. Benny? Says in fairness to Leicester, the game plan almost worked. Did highlight a recurring problem for the side: inability to open low block teams up. Um, Dominic or someone in that ilk is needed. Uh, Steve Mowat says, "Afternoon, Steve Ross and Chat." As I don't recommend drinking large amounts of Jack Daniels and starting work at five. Yes, that's not a good idea, mate. Uh, it's not big and it's not clever. And Funko says everything's magic and beaming this morning. Yeah, there are a lot of happy faces around Newcastle and uh, surrounding areas as I passed uh, them on my walk this morning. Clean sheets are one thing, uh, but we drew six times nil-nil during the first half of the season with a few one-ones thrown in here and there. Second half of the season, a lot less clean sheets, but we won a lot more. Yeah, so some things you do have to give away something, um, you know, to, to, to gain. And Tom just praises war flag this season so there's been some 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 really good uh, displays um john asks a question how do you think we will do adjusting the games in midweek followed by the weekend will it be tricky will we cope okay it's not like we've been used to it in recent years so that is going to be the first issue isn't it uh, ross you know we, we are going to have traveling to do you know not necessarily the games but it's it's the traveling isn't it and the you know the you know getting used to that yeah, it's look. It's going to be a real. Um, it's going to be a real challenge for Eddie Howe and for his coaching team. I think they've been slightly fortunate, or unfortunate is the right word, but but they benefited this this season from from in the main being able to go kind of Saturday to Saturday or Saturday to Sunday to Saturday or whatever. You know, not having that midweek um, exertions that that other clubs have had, and we saw. Um, I suppose we saw. 
around the February time when there was a slight distraction or or there was something else that occupied the mind other than on, other than the the league form, which when um, when Newcastle got the Carabao Cup final, that it, it can affect your your league performances. So there's 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 no doubt about it that that's going to be a, a challenge. And you're right, Steve. It's not just about the games. It's not just about playing <clears throat> Tuesday, Saturday, or Wednesday, Sunday, or, or whatever it is. It's it's about the it's the travel, but it's also the you 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 then don't have that full week to to work on something. You don't have that full week to go right. Hang on, this is what happened Saturday or Sunday. We need to to work on this ahead of the following uh, weekend's game. You've got a lot less preparation time. You've you've got a a, a lot less focus on terms of your your, your league fixtures. Um, and then it's the it's the squad depth. It's the it's the intensity. Now, Newcastle played a really high, intense level of, of performance in terms of how they um, apply themselves, how they how they approach each game. You know, we've seen the the intensity certainly in those first 20, 25 minutes in a lot of games. Um, and to be fair, the, the the fitness levels are still going strong, and Newcastle got one of the best records um, in the league for for scoring late on in the last 10, 10 game ten minutes sorry of games. So. That's going to be something that will be a challenge as well. But if that's why this summer is is crucial, it's crucial in terms of um, bringing in the right players, strengthening the team in the right areas, and making sure that it's a it's a robust, strong, um, healthy, and in deep squad that can cope on two or three different fronts. Because it's it's the Champions League, it's it's the Premier League. And then there's also the domestic cups, which Newcastle still want to have a good, good go in. So um, that will be a challenge. I'm sure Eddie Howe will, will relish it, though. He'd much rather be in this position than, than just going Saturday to Saturday and not having a European football to play for. It's a great headache to have, um, but he'll, he'll be aware of that. But it will be, it will undoubtedly be a big challenge. Yeah, uh, something we'll be getting our teeth into over the summer. Uh, still seven shows a week uh, during the summer, and me and Ross will be talking transfers uh, each Tuesday. Uh, but next week, we are going to review the season. Benny says, Leicester were only doing yesterday what we used to do under Rafa and Bruce. Remembering the smash and grab we did on Chelsea at St James's Park when Hayden got the winner last minute with our first shot. Uh, he's got to stop heading the ball. I'm not sure who um, Mag was talking about there. Maybe Sean Longstaff. My hangover has me in the bin today, says Dan. Uh, you'll be uh, in a, a collective there, mate. And E-I-E-I-E-I-O uh, into the Champions League we go. Yes, back where we belong, says Stu. Are you watching Meg Ashley and Cabbage? That's how it's done. Uh, Tom says he would like to see Manchester United and Chelsea end in a draw or a win at Chelsea on Thursday night, which, of course, will give us an opportunity to uh, potentially still get third. Not that it matters, really. War flags continue to raise the bar. Fantastic. You are right, Sean. And uh, good morning uh, to you, Kevin. Uh, hope you are well across in the USA. And, uh, yeah, lots of people nursing hangovers. Be interesting to see what signings Newcastle make in the summer. Sporting icons, big shout-out to you, mate. Keep, uh, keep up all the great boxing content. Give the lads a sub over there. Some great interviews uh, for all the big boxing occasions. But you are right. It will be a, a, a interesting to see what happens. And... Um, by the sounds of it, Al Ramayan is uh, certainly going to trust Eddie Howe and his staff, scouting staff's judgments, I think. And um, why not after the signings that they've made over the last couple of years? Geordie's in the Champions League, says to kind of phrase. Uh, I remember a few of me mates losing their bar jobs uh, when European football stopped coming to Newcastle. How much money do you think this will generate, Ross, for the area and Newcastle? 
Yeah, look, I, do, I think it's difficult to put a put a figure on it, but there'll certainly be a, a huge economic uh, upturn, you know, in terms of you know um, the profile of the city. It will will go through the roof. Um, you, you get extra, obviously, there's extra games to be played in the city, which creates extra um, extra jobs, extra income for the bars and restaurants and shops and everything else in the city. You're bringing in um, uh, you're bringing in international. Um, tourists, followers into into the city. So look, it's it's massive. It's massive not just for the football club, but it's massive massive for the community, for the city, for the surrounding areas. Um, and that that can only be that can only be good. So th- this is just a, a fantastic positive story for for everyone connected with with Newcastle, both on the pitch and and off it as well. Yeah, uh, Bryce says, uh, I agree, Longstaff needs to improve with his goal scoring, but how much better does our midfield hold together when he's in the team? It was a big miss when he was out of the team. Strange situation last night, because Joe Linton was originally named as part of the starting lineup, and then uh, must have picked up some kind of injury, or there must have been a reversing um, thought. I've got no idea what happened there, but uh, it's all Elliot Anderson put in uh, midfield. Um, I, I'm going to ask you about, Elliot Anderson, you know, he, he, he had an opportunity last night and I thought he took it. Um, got a little knock in the second half, which I think curtailed his appearance. But I, I don't think he looked out of place. Still a lot to learn, uh, but I still think, you know, he showed that he can, he can, you know, he can play in the Premier League. Yeah, um, I think, I th- look, it, it wasn't easy for I don't think Mm, losing you there, Ross. Your internet's gone, mate. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Ross, while you sort your internet out and jump over. I'm going to uh, go with the ads. A big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. A big thanks to Mr Vicky's Sources, which are handmade in Cumbria. You can find them at their website, mrvicky's.co.uk. If you want to place an order, call 01768 210102 or email info at mrvickies.co.uk. A big thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things and to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. If you like the channel, please hit the like underneath the video. It helps us grow. And click share and share it to your other social media. If you want to help us financially, please click join. And there's a range of different packages and it explains how you can do that. If you want to become a cult member and receive these goodies, a scarf, a pen and a cup and a membership card and entry into the monthly draw, for a one-off fee of £25, simply go to nufcmatters.com and find cult membership. If you've got a smartphone, put it over this QR code now. It'll take you straight there. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And we also support the food bank on this channel. The Matchday Bucket helps you donate virtually. Go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk to find out more. We've got some events coming up over the course of the next 12 months. An evening with John Anderson takes place at the Time Mouse Surf Cafe. Only limited tickets available. 13th of June, go to their website to buy tickets. Bend it like Bobby. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. And just after the hour, the man did cometh at the double as it was time to bend it like Bobby. It's a comedy play. It's a rehearsed reading by Jim Orr. It features 
myself and a few other cast members. Friday the 16th of June, tickets on sale at newcastlelegends.com and they're only £5. An evening with Frank Clark, well, this is our Christmas due. Uh, Thursday, December the 7th, tickets are £15 from nufcmatters.com at the Tyneside Irish Centre. And a big one for the new year, January the 25th, Keegan Waddle and Beardsley and special guests back together, the class of 1984 at the Tyne Theatre and Opera House on Westgate Road. Uh, tickets available direct from the venue. If you like t-shirts and you want a few for the summer, get yourself to nufcmatters.com. The Isaac t-shirt is proven very popular. Okay, Ross, I think we've got you back. Uh, yeah, Elliot Anderson, what was your thoughts on him last night? Yeah, so what I was saying, Steve, I thought it was difficult for the lad coming in very late on last night. Um, obviously, you know, Joe Linton named in the in the, the start of eleven and then um felt his his injury in the in the warm-up and, and it was decided that he couldn't he couldn't continue. Elliot Anderson was, was doing his warm-up separately, I think, with the with the subs and, and had to kind of come uh, come into the team very, very late on. I thought he did okay. I thought he did I thought he did I thought he did fine. He looked busy in the first half. I thought he he picked up some good positions and he and he linked well. Um, it was a difficult game for him to to come into in the sense that you know, he he saw a lot a lot of the ball, but as we've discussed before, Leicester had a had a real kind of low block and and um, plenty of men behind the ball, so it wasn't easy for him to to find space. It wasn't easy for him to um, you know to to create or to to get into the box and get into goal scoring opportunities. But he didn't do himself any harm whatsoever. And it was great just to see. Um, you know, three Geordie lads on the on the pitch at the start of the game in, in Elliot Anderson, Sean Longstaff, Dan Byrne. You had Paul Dummett on the bench, you had Lewis Miley on the bench, you had uh, Jacob Murphy, who's who's at all intents and purposes a, a, a Geordie as well. It was great to see that kind of that that local flavour to the to the side in the squad last night. And I think Elliot Anderson's got a big future ahead of him. He, he he's gonna get more opportunities. He's um he's gonna be part of a squad playing at the top level next season. Um, and I think he will continue to, to develop and to, to keep improving. And, and whether that's as one of the three midfielders or it's a it's slightly slightly further forward, we'll have to, to wait and see. Um, I do I do think Newcastle will and have to and will strengthen their midfield in the in the summer. I think that's the that is a key area for Newcastle to, to strengthen. We've seen that you know when Bruno's not quite at it, there's nobody really to, to bring in to replace him. Um Similarly, you know, you know, talking about Sean Longstaff and the, the the difference he made when he came back into the squad. You don't, you know, you, you want to have like for like replacements so that when somebody does come out of the squad, you've got somebody who can, who can hopefully step in quite well. So there will be some strengthening and some um, some extra competition for places, no doubt. But like I said before, I think Elliot Anderson's got a, a really bright future ahead of him. Yeah, um, is Bruno looking to still be on the pitch after eight minutes? And would the referees in Europe have sent him off? Interesting, uh, big debate this one about Bruno. Should he have gone, Ross? Yeah, yeah, he should have done for me. It was I thought it was a I thought it was a nailed on red card. I always try to look at it if it if it was on the other side, how you would uh, how you would feel, how would you react? And I thought he I thought he got away with it. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what VAR we're looking at because you know. It, it, it's it's one thing the referee not quite seeing it and understanding. It. I felt for them for VAR to have a look and to still rule it is 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 nothing, uh, nothing serious. I thought it was 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 a little bit incredible, really. And and like I say, if it had been if the if that had been 
Telemans or Indeedy or someone like that on, on a Newcastle player, I think um, I think the majority of the crowd would have been being and, and expecting a, a, a red. So he did get a little away with it a little bit. I thought there was a lot of uh, there was a fair bit of nerves in them in them opening periods. You know, there was a bit of there was that tension. Bruno just seemed a little bit agitated. Sven Botman gave a couple of passes away, and, and there was just a few. You know, even Kevin Trippier, yeah, there was a little bit of a little bit of tension you could see, and I think that played a part in, in Bruno's challenge. Um, for me, it was a nailed-on red card. I don't know what everybody else thinks. I don't know if everybody agrees, but I thought it was. A, I thought Newcastle got away with one there. Okay, Tom Dixon says, question for Ross, would you sign Madison and what did you think of him when he came on last night? I mean, I've got to be honest, I didn't think he had the greatest of games. I mean, two things that stood out with Leicester last night were that Vardy is, you know, you know, not the player he was. He's, he's what, 34 now? Um, can't believe that they're still reeling Johnny Evans out um, at Leicester as like their, their main centre half. But you know he still 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 tries, um, but uh, not 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 the same Johnny Evans from from back in the day. But Madison, yeah, on the bench and you know didn't really do much to to affect the game last night. I didn't think. No, he didn't. He didn't. It was, again, no, he. he... He was obviously left out for ta- for purely tactical reasons, in the sense that you know they, they wanted to go with a stiffer midfield and, and five at the back and, and have the two quick lads up top who, who and try and hit Newcastle on the break. And then when when Nino got injured um, and had to come off, Madison came on and almost as, a, as an attacking midfielder, kind of false false ten, false nine, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was difficult for him to get in the game, but it was difficult for any Leicester player to get in the game last night because of the setup, because of the way that they the way that they were. Uh, and he didn't have much influence or impact. That said, he nearly created the winner. Um, it was his cross right at the end for um, Castanier, to, who, who, whose volley was, was obviously well saved. And in that last five or ten minutes, when he did get himself on the ball a little bit more, he was he was at the the, the kind of the heart of the, the good stuff that Leicester did. Albeit it was it was too little, too late for them. Would I sign him? Absolutely would. Absolutely would. I think he's I think he's he fits perfectly into what Newcastle. Um, want to do? Um, he, he adds some extra quality into that midfield area now for me. Um, you saw last night that Newcastle still struggling, will struggle against teams with that kind of low block and with that 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 kind of system of putting a lot of men behind the ball. Um, for all the the good things that that they've that they, you know Newcastle have. Going forward, and, and look, you can argue that they, they could have scored three or four last night, and, and it's difficult to argue against that. But there wasn't a whole host of good chances. Bear in mind, it was 82, 83 percent possession. So I think they still need that little bit of magic, that little bit of um, that little bit of mystery, that that ability to, to un, you know to to unpick a pack defence um, with a with a through ball or a, or a you know a, a cross or a little bit of magic in and around the the, the final third. And I think Madison could could do that. And I think that Madison could could provide that. Um, he's going to want to step up. He's going to want to, to. He's not going to want to stay at Leicester. He's going to want to play Champions League football. He's at that point in his career now where he's he's mid twenties and he's he's uh, he wants to kick on. So I think it's a I think it's a good fit between between um, Madison and, and Newcastle. Um, I think Newcastle will make another bid for him in the in the summer and and push the board out to try and get him. Um, I think there will be competition for his, his services as well, but I wouldn't judge him on last night. Um, I would judge him on what he's done the, the, the majority of this season and last season, and he's been he's been excellent. I think he'd be a great addition. 
what's the rule for teams buying players early? Brighton have just signed Joe Pedro a couple of weeks ago. Do you expect guys uh, Newcastle to do their business early? Well, the ruling is is quite simple, really. Um, you know, when the when the transfer window is closed, teams in England and across Europe can still continue to negotiate with each other outside the window, uh, but they can't be registered with new clubs if the transfer window is closed. So, in practice, it means that clubs can agree to sign a player from another side, but the new signing cannot register with the league that they're going to, and so cannot move clubs until the transfer window opens again. It's as simple as that, really. Um, do you expect Newcastle to do the business early, Ross? I uh, I expect them to try to get their business done early. I think it's going to be a really difficult market this one for for Newcastle. I think it's going to be a really tricky summer. Um, the the now they're in the Champions League. I think the I think it, they become a more attractive proposition for for players. But at the same time, moving into the Champions League will. Um, narrow the pool of players in some ways that they that they want to target. It's not as if you're mid-table and you're you're trying to improve. You're you're in the you're in you know you're in the top four now, and the the pool of players that can that will be available to Newcastle that can improve the starting eleven and improve the squad becomes so much narrower. Um, and there's a lot more competition. Throwing the fact that people will see still see will even more see Newcastle now as a bit of a cash cow. I think is somebody with a lot of money to be able to throw around the, the riches of the Champions League and the riches of the the, the Saudi um, ownership group. I think it just makes it a really difficult difficult summer for Newcastle. But to go back to the original point of of getting the the business done early, the the, the preparations and the work for this transfer window will have started months and months and months and months ago. Um, so Newcastle will know who, the, who the, they want to get, um, whether they can get them in early enough, um, we'll have to wait and see. But that's what every every club's trying to do. And, and some clubs have been a lot more successful at it than, than others. Liverpool get their business done really quickly and early in previous transfer windows. Teams like Villa do it quite quickly and, and quite early. Um, let's hope Newcastle can, can certainly get one or two over the line quickly and and to be fair they have done in, in previous windows so um there's no reason to, to think that that they won't be trying to do the same thing but it will be a really difficult summer this one I think. Uh John says do you agree with my pal he reckons the club might only finalise sponsorship deals once the Champions League outcome had been confirmed. This means we can maximise things now that it's done. I think we'll hear some kind of announcement won't we before the season's out. Yeah yeah absolutely and it's a, it's a good point you know the the if you're if you're pitching to sponsors, if you're um, if you're trying to attract new commercial entities into the into the club and new businesses into into um, into supporting and backing you, if you've got that carrot of, of Champions League football, um, of being a Champions League team to to offer businesses, then it just means that you can add a few extra extra pennies on the uh, on the price and uh, and bump it up a little bit. So. Look, from from every every possible stand, and that qualifying for the Champions League is is fantastic. It's great for this club. It's on the pitch. It's great for the players. It's great for the commercial arm off the pitch. It's great for the city and the region as a whole. And yes, Newcastle might go in and they might they might struggle. They might not be able to quite compete at the levels that that some of the teams that have come up against have been competing at over over recent years. But it's a building block. It's it's putting Newcastle back on the European map, back on the world map. 
the, the ability to attract better sponsorship and better commercial deals. Um, and if 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 it doesn't go great on the pitch, then then so be it. You take the learnings and you, you come off stronger, um, both in terms of your, your playing experience, but stronger certainly financially and commercially. Mm. ASM question will be asked, no doubt, countless times throughout the summer, but um, do you think you'll still be here next season? No. No, if I was a betting man, um, if I had a, if I, if I, you know, I'm not a big play politician and sit on the fence and go this, that, and the other. If I, if I'm asked the question, I don't think he will. Um, interestingly, I thought he was. The, I thought he was a real spark last night, though, because because of that kind of low block, they needed somebody who could, who could, you know, cause something, uh, cause a few problems, do something a little bit differently, take players on, go past two or three, drop a shoulder, go inside or outside, and I thought he was. I thought he was very good when he came on last night, to, to be fair. But does he fit into Eddie Howe's um, overall ethos and, and the way that he wants the, the team to play? I'm not convinced, no. So if if, if, I had to, if I had to jump one way or the other, I'd say I think he'll be on, the, on his way this summer. Paul says, hi, lads. Teams will come to St. James's Park and park the bus after watching Leicester last night. Additions of more quality players will help us break... Uh, that kind of system down. Yeah, we definitely need somebody to unlock defences, I think, and, and a few players to be able to hit the target as well. Uh, you know, it was a, a tough game last night and, um, you know, plenty of chances created, but I, I still don't think there was enough shots on goal. We can get better than Madison Big Fuss over nothing, in my opinion. However, how improves players, says Andrew Fungo. Thanks for watching, mate. See you soon. Uh, thought that Bruno challenge was only a yellow. He was leaning back, no power in the challenge, just a dangling leg, which the player ran into. Somebody put in the chat as well that um, the reason that, yeah, Trolls heard pundits say about Bruno's tackle that he didn't follow through and that's why he wasn't sent off. It's all about opinions and uh, that's why, unfortunately, VAR is, is down to people making mistakes or not making mistakes, whatever. Dancers there, they can buy anyone um, whenever they just don't get the registration until the window opens, yeah, which is correct. Uh, we're signing players like Bruno and Isaac surely Champions League would make it easier to get players Diaby would be my first signing yeah Diaby's another one which uh, we've seen plenty links for Steve says question but Ross how much is the group stage worth so figures are between 50 and 80 million it's a lot of money it is a lot of money I don't think it's I don't think it's quite that, them sort of numbers I don't think it's uh, that kind of 50 to 80 million certainly not in terms of your yeah, yeah, I suppose your, your prize fund that you get. We, you put when you factor in all of the um, all of the additional kind of commercial opportunities and and the stuff that we've talked about there in terms of the profile and everything else like that, then then it becomes a it, it becomes really really lucrative in terms of on the pitch. I think um, I think you get a something like thirteen and a half million um, just for for playing in the in the group stage in the group stages. Uh, that's a that's a kind of set base fee, and then group you get... stage group stage draws nine hundred and thirty thousand, group stage wins two point four million, two point eight, round of sixteen nine point six million, quarter finalists ten point six million. Yeah, so you can you can win the whole lot, and and you you'll get about sixty million or so, I think round round about if you if you win the Champions League, um, so group stages. You're probably looking at maybe around the, the 20 million mark if you have a, a decent group stage. Maybe even if you don't qualify, you know you you, you win a you win a couple of games, you draw a couple of games. You're probably looking at around the the um, the the 20 million pound mark, I think. Yeah, this, um, this this year reaching the group stage in this year's Champions League, 
that's just taking place at the moment. 15.64 million for reaching the group stage. Uh, then group stage draws 930k, as I said. Group stage wins 2.8 million. Semi-finalists get 12.5 million. Runner-up gets 15.5 million in the final. And the winner gets 20 million for the, the win in the final. Yeah. So I think I think Newcastle will will guarantee themselves pretty much twenty million pounds just from from playing in the in the group stage, regardless of of kind of whether they progress then into the last sixteen or the or the quarters or or whatever. And then, like I say, all the sponsorship that comes with it is um is really really uh, important and and can then boost them them numbers. So look, it, it's just a, it's it's fantastic financially. It's fast fantastic football and wise as well. Um, Regardless of how well Newcastle doing it, let's just enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. It's been twenty years since since we last saw Champions League football at um, at St James's Park, and, and you know we can remember those who, who who watched them who were there on some of these fantastic nights, great atmospheres, watching the best clubs in the in the world, the biggest, most historic uh, teams in in Europe um, at St James's Park. Absolutely fantastic nights, and it's just great that um, regardless of the money, regardless of everything else that comes with it, the fact that we're going to see that type of football again at, uh, at uh, the Gallagher. What's ASM done wrong since you think we'll sell him, Ross? Says Trolls, our resident ASM fan. <laughs> I don't think he's, he's not necessarily done anything wrong. I just don't think he fits in with, um, with how Newcastle want to play. I think he's also probably a little bit of a he might also be a little bit of a victim of the fact that he's he's one of the sellable assets that Newcastle have. And if Newcastle are wanting to to you know keep as closely as they can within the, the FFP constraints, then they will have to bring some revenue in from from player sales. That is just a fact. That's what Chelsea do, that's what your Man United do, that's what your Man Cities do. You know, Man City you know, they spent a lot of money, but the money that they've also recouped from selling yeah, um, some of their big hitters over the over the years. You know, even your, you know, your Gabriel Jesus and your, your Zinchenko's and your Sterling's in last summer. You know, look at the money that Chelsea bring in from from player sales. Look at the money that um, it, it, that Liverpool have brought in from from selling your, your Coutinho's and, and, and your Mane's and people like that. You've got to be able to balance the books a little bit. Can't just keep. Uh, buying players, keep buying players, keep buying players without recouping some of that money. So. ASM is one of the players that would be able to command a relatively good fee. And that is one of the reasons I think that, that Newcastle will look to, to sell him. Whether he, he's not necessarily done anything wrong, I just think that he's he's a sellable asset and I don't think he's on the periphery of Newcastle's first team. If you had to pick Newcastle's strongest 11 right now, everybody fit, would ESM be in that? He wasn't in it last night. I thought that was as close to the strongest 11 last night before Joe Linton's injury. Um, you can argue whether you know Isaac should be playing on the left or through the middle, and, and whether you play ASM or or Anthony Gordon or whoever out wide. But he's not guaranteed to be in that strongest eleven, and as a result, I think he's somebody who's who, who could be on his way in the summer. Mm. Uh, only reason I consider selling the SM is for a good offer as his injury record same goes for anyone that's struggling to stay fit uh, Trill says fair enough um, but also says I think ASM deserves to be with the club in the Champions League in my opinion um, yeah look it's an interesting one um, he, he did look good last night Eric 
Uh, good afternoon. Uh, Divin Cell Maxi Man, I would cost a bomb to buy a replacement. Focus on positions that are we get for me. So, it, it, again, it'll always be a player that splits opinions. Some people love him, some people not so keen. Uh, will be interesting to see what happens with him in the uh, you know, in, in the summer. It, it's just a, it's an exciting time uh, to be a Newcastle fan. And you know, let's see what happens. Benny says, Question for Ross Do you think we need five starter players this summer? Right centre back. Left back, midfield destroyer, attacking creative midfielder, and a versatile attacker. Or is that too much? I don't think it's too much, Benny. No, I think you're pretty much nail on the head in terms of those those positions. Um, I think you need you need a. I think Newcastle need around the five or six um, additions in the summer. The right centre half is is absolutely one that they, they will look at. You know, Fabian Scher has had a fantastic season, a really, really good season. Has been part of a of a really strong def- defense, but you've you've got to be ruthless. You've got to you've got to be looking at how you can improve the next. How can you how can you make that next step? How can you keep improving? And it's a, sometimes it's about it's about you know those little you know one or two or three percent. And can Newcastle get an upgrade on Fabian Scher? Um, that's what they'll be looking at. And he's 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 in his thirties now, so. Um, so he's he's you know he's a player I think that or that's a position that I think Newcastle will will look to strengthen left back. Um, I agree with you know Newcastle got three or four left backs on their books and, and Dan Burn has been been outstanding for me one of the players of the season if, if, you know comfortably um, playing in that in that role and such a great character. But again, if Newcastle are being ruthless, they might look to to improve that absolutely in the, the two midfield areas a, a, a midfield destroyer. Maybe not destroyer, but certainly that kind of that that centre midfield, you know, player who's who can who can protect the back four, but like a, a Rodri or Fernandinho or a Declan Rice or somebody, you know, Casemiro, that that kind of that kind of ilk of a player, and then maybe somebody who can who can attack a little bit more in a versatile forward. Yeah, I think you're pretty much bang on with those five those five positions. I don't think it's too much at all. I think they'll cost though. They'll absolutely cost. Um, you know, you, you're talking easy. Thick end of 200, 220 million um, to bring in five players in those positions who will improve Newcastle. Unless the recruitment is is really good and they they can bring in a couple of of bargains, but I think you're looking at, at possibly two hundred million on on five positions there. Uh, would you cash in on Mickey like Don Milburn? Uh, Twenty nine years old. Don't think he'll do any better than this season going forward. He's past his purple patch. Yes, I would. I would. I think I've said that on this program before. I think, um, I think Miggy has again had an absolutely phenomenal season, but he's never going to. He's never going to. He's never going to improve on, on that on that spell. Interestingly, Newcastle handed him a, a, a long term contract just uh, just a few months ago. Um, so you can look at that two ways. It's 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 tying him down because they don't want to leave him, or, or it's increasing his value in the sense that he's under contract. So. So if they do decide to cash in on him, they'll, they'll get a little bit more. Look, he's fantastic for the team. He's work great. He's energy. I thought he was a real bright spark, certainly in the first half um, last night. So I, I do think he's I do think he's um, a real asset to Newcastle. But again, if if you're looking for those little percentages, if you're looking to to improve the squad and you you, you need to to bring some some money into the club. Again, he might be might be one of those at, at risk. He's certainly not going to have a better season than what he's just done done this season for me. But is that a reason to sell him? I'm not quite sure. 
Uh, Benny says, I've read a report we're interested in signing Renan Lodi from uh, Atlantic, but being on loan at Forest, Forest haven't triggered his buy option. Fingers crossed it's true. Interested last summer. Yeah, we, we were interested last summer. Um, is this one that might rear its head again? Uh, I'm not sure on this one, Steve. I'm not, not really not really aware of, of, of any interest in him. Um, obviously, I've seen his, his name linked, but um, we'll have to wait and see. If, if I've said this before, if Newcastle... Newcastle are, are more than happy to, to be patient with, with transfer targets. And if they, if they don't get somebody the first time, they're quite happy to go back the second time or the third time and, um, and bring and bring a player in that way. You know, they've done that with Anthony Gordon, with, with Sven Botman. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're more than happy to be patient. And if they think that that is the right person, they might not be able to get him this window, but they might be able to get him the next one. So we'll wait and see. But there's, there's going to be a, a, a whole host of names linked Think with um, a move to Tyneside this summer. Yeah, Christopher says, uh, Steve, sorry, but for us, we have to replace that left wing. We've got Joe Linton, who will be first choice once we sign two midfielders this summer, as we need a centre defensive midfielder and covering aid for Bruno of injured, a left back and a right wing. I mean, left back seems to be a lot of people's focus. Um, a lot of people feel that, you know, we can't play Dan Byrne there in the Champions League. He's certainly not going to be able to play all those games. Um, you know, left back priority for you, Ross? Um, yeah, I think it probably is. And I think you know, you've, you've got Dan Byrne, you've got Matt Target, you've got Paul Dummett, you've got Jamal Lewis, and, and all have got their qualities. And but you don't need four left backs in a, in a squad. Um, I think there needs to be a, a little bit of a, a you know, I suppose tightening up rather than having maybe. Four left backs around the same kind of standard. Can you can you improve that area? And I think that is, I think that is one of the areas that Newcastle will look to to potentially improve. I think Dan Byrne has been has been outstanding. I've, I've said it just before, but I think he's been absolutely absolutely brilliant. He, he's not the most attacking left back, and I think that showed a little bit last night when when you know they had uh, Leicester had ten men bearing the, the ball. A lot of the time it went out wide right to, to Kieran Trippier, and you. You know, you're looking for Trippier to thread balls through or put crosses in. When it went out to the left hand side to Dan Byrne, that's not really his his forte. Um, and a lot of the time he was he was you know uh, recycling the ball off to to Isaac or to ASM or to whoever else in, in front of him. So, but but he offers versatility, offers um, leadership. Um, he'll definitely be a part of Newcastle over the next couple of seasons. But if you're looking to improve that starting eleven, I think the left back could be a could be a good shout. Mm. Will the capacity be reduced for the Champions League? I think it was when we were there last time due to advertising, says Andrew. Interesting question. It I don't rings know. a bell, yeah. It, it does ring a little bit of a bell, that, but you know, I, I can barely remember what I did yesterday, never mind 20 years ago. So, um, I, I, yeah, we'll have a look. Have, I'll certainly have a look into that one. It might be, it might be, yeah, there, there, was, there was something rings a bell with us, but. Um, Hopefully not. Hopefully we can get as many uh, as many fans into St. James as possible. Yeah. Uh, go and get Tierney, says Chris. Uh, bring in a centre uh, defensive midfielder. Get Diaby. Bring in Terebos, uh Right centre-back. That solves our issues here. Tierney, another one that's linked heavily with a, a move to Newcastle uh, from Arsenal, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not 100% certain on Tierney. I think he's a fantastic player when he's fit. I just worry about how how um how robust he is to 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 play full seasons. 
interestingly, you know, he 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 was been on the bench a lot for a lot for Man City, uh, not for Man City, sorry, a lot for Arsenal this season and, and even towards the back end of the season, you know, games when Zinchenko's not been available, he hasn't always always started. So um I'm not quite sure. I think he, when he's when he is fit and flying, Kieran Tierney. I've watched him for for Scotland a few times, and he's a he's a real talent, and he can play that left centre back role as well in a push. So he is a great player, but there's there's just something nagging away at us that I'm not quite sure if he's if he's the right the right person for Newcastle at this point in time. And Darren Lee says more uh, Salasu. Uh, yeah, it's another one linked. And as I say, when we come into the transfer shows, Darren, uh, over the summer, we will be updating you on them. Ben Jacobs is uh, one for the uh, for the Europeans, and we'll certainly be focusing heavily on them throughout the summer. Bobby Firmino, two ten records, is uh, another great shout. He says he'd be an incredible signing for Newcastle this season. Yeah, I mean, uh, somebody was saying to me yesterday that Milner's going to Brighton. I think James Milner. Um, which you know, again, you know, they, they would probably still be able to do a job. How you know how much Newcastle are looking and maybe you know sign players from other teams? I'm not too sure. It'll be as I say, it's a fascinating time. The transfer window. It's frustrating at times, but you know, at least now we can go into transfer windows with optimism. We know we're going to be bringing in good players. Uh, we need to start work on the Gallagher then ESEP uh, for European nights. Does yes. Uh, Maybe there's going to be an announcement on that as well. Um, you know, we might find that that happens sooner rather than later. Any news on getting the strawberry land ready for a fan zone next season? I mean, you would imagine that building on the ground would be more of a priority than an area for people to go and socialise. But again, it's part of the match day experience. I did a little tour around the ground yesterday and stuck it up on the YouTube channel. I went up before kickoff, and um, I've always felt that the um, you know, the land behind the the leases is um, underused. You know, the last time that was chock-a-block was uh, Alan Shearer signing back in 95. So, you know, but that you could easily have something around there. You know, you go to Wolves, they have like a fan zone. There's no reason why they couldn't set something up on a match-per-match basis around there. No, you're right. I, 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 I think the same with that, that leases end. That's the way I always used to walk walk in uh, when I was... when I, when I was sitting in the East Stand, I used to walk around the back of the Leasers and, and round to the to the East Stand, and it was always a, um, always felt the same as you, Steve. It was a bit of a underused underused space there. There's definitely more that they can they can do. I, I think the the fan zone stuff is 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 really interesting. I think it's, I think the, the match day experience is something that that is, you know, some people smirk and laugh and think, oh, match day experience is, you know, blah 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 blah. I think it's important. I think it's important to the to the club and to the to um, the fan base, it might not be your cup of tea, but in, you know, people want to do what they want to do before a game. Some want to go to the, bar, the 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 same bars and pubs that they've always been to. Some want to just come in and, and get to their seat as quickly as possible. Some want to get into the ground. I think, but for me, I think providing different alternatives for for fans and, and having something, particularly for the families, particularly for for kids. You know, whether it's a you know a bit of a five side or a bit of you know, whatever it is, something that's a little bit more family friendly around the fan zones as well. You know, we've seen them at, at, at Wembley um, in, in before games and stuff like that. I think that I think that there's a real place for them, and I'd, I'd like to see Newcastle um, develop that side of it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, there is an option, guys, but uh, would we push the budget for Cancelo? He's not wanted at City. It would be a world class left back. I mean, that's the kind of player you'd love to see come in. But again, it's whether we can afford those kind of wages. I want to see Miley against Chelsea get Bruno a rest. Yeah, I think he may, he may well do. We may well see um, a run out. There's nothing we need to play for for Chelsea, is there? And Newcastle are in the Champions League now, I guess. 
you wait and see what happens with Manchester United and Chelsea. If uh, if there's a draw in that game or Chelsea were dead and win at, at, at Old Trafford, Newcastle may want to finish in third. Trolls says Simon Jordan questioning how. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, again, it's just all for publicity and clicks. Can I just say it was great to see our fans stay off the pitch at full time last night? Yeah, I mean, we go back to the days when uh, there used to be uh, an invasion on the pitch, uh, Ross, and people used to swing on the crossbar and wreck it at the end of the season and in some kind of bizarre celebration. But um, yeah, Newcastle fans behave, don't they? Uh, unlike fans of other clubs, they do stand, they do you know applaud the team and then you know head off to the boozers. Yeah, very respectful. And that's what you want, you know, you, you support the team, but, you know, don't pile onto the pitch for, for two or three reasons. One, it's 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 not your area to pile on to, you know, and, and you don't want to be putting um, putting players or safety or anything else like that it, it is a concern. And secondly, it just creates a, it creates a better spectacle because, you know, look at the photos last night, look at the, the you know, the whole family's on the pitch, able to, to walk around, get signed autographs, um, take in the atmosphere that that you know. I know it's for the fans. It is it is for the fans the the whole celebrations. But it also was for the players who who had put so much into that season. They wanted to enjoy it. They wanted to savor that moment. And they wouldn't have been able to if if you know if five thousand or five hundred or however many fans had piled onto the pitch and, and made it um, made a pig's ear of it all. So it was it was it was good that that there was a respectful and um, respectful um, tradition of, of waiting in the stands and, and letting the players um, do the lap of honour. Um, and that, that's the way it should be for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the London teams must be worried that the Northern clubs will take over. If it wasn't for Arsenal this season, there would have been four Northern clubs in the Champions League. That's a great point. Two ten records. Really, really good. Do you read Dunk at Brighton, says Mark Kerrigan, Ross? Had a very good season, really, really good season. I think he's been, um, I think he's been underrated a, a, a lot over over recent years, and, and he's probably been unlucky not to not to get a bit more recognition on the international stage. But um, he's had a fantastic, fantastic season, not only with his defending, but he's 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 kind of his possession style, the way he's he's become a kind of key player for for Brighton, starting their attacks, um, bringing the ball out. Of, Defense, you know, his passing range has been really good. So, yeah, he's. I thought. I think he's had a. He's had a fantastic season, Lewis Dunk. Uh, Steve, I know the fans want the expansion done, but we've got to be realistic. The monorail system would have to be redirected as it runs under the expansion ground and would take years uh, to restructure. Uh, I doubted how at the end at the start of the season. Now I question myself. Says mm -hmm. Trolls. Uh, players are with kids as well. They'd be terrified if fans run on the uh, the pitch. Up the max, says uh, Chicken Oriental. Great to have so many people in the chat. Somebody was asking as well, have you seen the uh, the letter that Alan Shearer uh, sent uh, Benny to Eddie Howe? I have. Um, very, very uh, long and in-depth uh, letter that was from, from Alan, um, where he thanked him, uh, I guess, for from the bottom of his heart for... Changing things, um, dear Eddie. Thank you, thank you for the top four, for the Champions League, for this season of discovery and self-discovery, for the wonder of winning and its piercing noise. Thank you for the primal rage of St James's Park. Thank you for giving us the month of May and a flutter of tension, a feeling which is familiar and a reason that it is not, uh, that is not to be the hunters, not the hunted. Thank you for allowing us to reclaim our streets, 
People smiling, restaurants buzzing, bars buzzing, an entire city, a beehive of buzzing, connected to the club again, one and indivisible, alive and wash with happiness. After all those sour years of being patronised or ignored, of people failing to appreciate why they were so, of being told we expected too much or demanded too much. Um, bear with us, because uh, the place that I'm reading from, it's it's gone off unbelievably. Um, you get the you get the picture from from that little bit. There we go. After all these sour years of being patronised or ignored, or people failing to appreciate why they were being so. Being told we expected too much or demanded too much or felt too much. Thank you for reminding us not to give her an F. Thank you for coming here and getting us. Thank you for bothering. In spite of some witless commentary over the decades, Newcastle has never been wedded to kamikaze football or Hollywood signings or distrustful of outsiders. The most funda fundamental aspects of Newcastle have always been our openness and our industry. Embrace us like we embrace life, like we embrace you and we never let go. Thank you for forging this fine team. As I write to you, as I write to you, um, as I write to you, blah, 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 bear with us again. It's, it, it, honestly, adverts on some of these websites are absolutely horrendous. Um, thank you for forging this fine team. As I write to you, I can picture the response from elsewhere. Calm down, you've not won anything. But those people don't appreciate how little we've had to cheer and how novel it feels to see your lads put a shift in, enhancing each other. They are a team in the purest sense, greater than the sum of their parts, all in it together. The easy thing, the lazy thing is to say that you've splurged a fortune, but not compared to plenty of others. And what you've actually done is take a club at its lowest ebb, bottom of the Premier League, and offer balance to years of underspending or misspending. Thank you for buying well and sensibly, for making your foundation a core of a character. Thank you for not going down that well-trodden route of instant gratification. Thank you for giving us Bruno, Sven Botman and Alexander Izak, quality players we were intrigued by, but who were hardly household names. Thank you for bringing Dan Byrne home to us and for letting him beat us and represent us game in, week out, for the driving delight of realising his boyhood dream from watching the Champions League as a kid to taking us there. I've got that fear of tomorrow, you said in our interview, but if I can ask one thing of you, Eddie, just one more thing, it's this. Let tomorrow go to hell, just this once. Look up and look around and see what you've unleashed and drink it in. Thank you for making home feel like home again. Best wishes, Alan. Alan. Brilliant, eh? Fantastic, yeah. And I think that, that sums up so much of what um, of what Newcastle fans feel and, and how they would like to, to speak to Eddie Howe and how they would like to thank him for, for what he's done not just this season, last season, um, restoring the pride in the club, restoring the pride in the city and and just getting that connection back with with fans, with ex-players, with the, the current players, with with people who've who become so disillusioned over the last 14, 15 years with the pre, under the previous regime. It, it lost a little bit of hope, lost a little bit of the soul, lost a little bit of of love even for, for Newcastle. That love is back. That connection is back. Um it's down to a lot of people and Eddie Howe is is right at the at the at the central part of that. Great stuff. I'm sure we'll be discussing that tomorrow night on uh, my podcast with uh, the lads. Jordy's here, Jordy's there, six till seven, and then seven till eight, Liam Kennedy will be on the show. Uh, just tell us where we can find your work, Ross. Yeah, pottering around, uh, doing bits and pieces for um, for various different um, 
different websites, but we're doing a bit of work with the Chronicle. We've got a couple of things uh, coming up soon. Got an interview with yourself, Steve. We've got the player of the season uh, coming up. We're going to be launching a big survey as well to get fans' opinions on on how the season's going, what they want to see in the summer, what they want to see for ahead of next season. Uh, so a lot of good things coming there, uh, coming um, coming your way on on um, on the Chronicle. So just keep an eye out, and I'll pop some some links on social on Twitter where you can find me, Ross Gregory Nine. Fantastic, mate. As always, big shout out to everybody in the chat. Thanks to all the moderators and uh, everyone who tuned in. A uh, few people off work, I think over 200 tuning in on a Tuesday afternoon. I think <laughs> I think we're all hungover and taking this slide day off. So, but we can we can excuse ourselves. It's a Champions League. Um, I'm going to go and rest my voice and get ready for two shows tomorrow. Ross, have a great afternoon, mate. And uh, I will send you an email uh, with uh, the, the categories, etc. for next week for our end of season review. Make quick prediction for the Chelsea game. Oh, I, 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 I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right, care. Yeah. It's be 5-0 win, 5-0 defeat. I do not care the slightest. Great stuff. Have a good week, mate. Take care, pal. Cheers, yeah. Mr. Stevens says, I'm arresting you on suspicion of armed robbery. You do not have to say anything. But anything you do say may be used in evidence against you. I should be moving on soon. So I want to ask you a favor. Name it. Don't make the same mistake that me and my brothers have done. And if you try, they'll throw away the key.